0: And now, GEICO's savings stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to GEICO. He didn't think much of it, until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on GEICO.com. I feel like I'm never
1: alone. GEICO, spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings. Could be following you. J-R-R-P
2: Radio! KIRP
1: Radio! Good
3: evening. It is Friday night, September 29th, 2017. You're listening to the KIRP Radio Show. That's Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. This is last Friday nights, last Friday nights of the month with your guest host, Rocco P., on the KIRP Radio Show. Once again, we find ourselves at the end, almost of a month, and time is more than flying. I don't know what's faster than flying, soaring, I don't know, intergalactic speed here as time unfolds. Tonight, I'm going to be discussing Trump versus the NFL, President Donald Trump, Mr. President versus the NFL. There are many angles to this story. Uh great example is always like you know the onion whether you like onions or not it's got a lot of layers it's one way to look at it there's a lot of there's a lot of uh there's a lot of issues that are involved in this as always what is being presented to us is i think not the real story in all words uh, when something happens particularly something that gets you know this you know, colossal amount of media coverage there's always an agenda uh, there's always an agenda, and we'll break that down tonight. We'll talk about what is being said and about why, to some degree, what is being said, why it's being presented, why it's being packaged or uh, sold to us in a uh, in a certain way. the uh, The protest had gone on with the NFL started last year with uh, Colin Kaepernick. San Francisco 49ers quarterback, or at the time, backup quarterback. And he had taken a knee in the preseason during the National Anthem. Uh, One piece So here's here's a quick paragraph, former 49ers backup quarterback Colin Kaepernick originally started the protest in the 2016 season by kneeling while the Star-Spangled Banner, which happens to be our national anthem, or the country's, the nation's national anthem, uh, kneeling while the star banner before preseason games. He continued, Colin Kaepernick, he continued this during regular season, leading to much controversy. Kaepernick stated many times that his reasons for kneeling was to bring attention to police brutality against African Americans. That had spread, and again, it's, uh, I'm not sure, I haven't looked at every statement being said by every NFL player that's doing it. Uh, you may have noticed the n f l is about seventy percent comprised of black players uh, again that's not to say everyone that's kneeling is kneeling for the same reason uh, but this whole thing with trump <laughs> when it unfolded goes back to uh goes back to uh alabama alabama uh, last uh, last friday he was at a rally he's a la- he was at a rally for a... Uh, a uh, sitting U.S. senator named Luther Strange, yes, that was that was and is his real name, Luther Strange. Luther Strange was appointed by the then governor of Alabama to fill the term, left void, when Senator Jeff Sessions became Attorney General Jeff Sessions for the Donald J. Trump administration. And Sessions, like probably I'd say it would appear almost everybody else that works for Trump except for his precious daughter and son in law, Jared Kushner, has been trashed publicly. That's a different story. In any case, uh Sessions went off to Washington, Luther Strange got his appointment and obviously when you get an appointment that is indicative of the fact that you are yeah, you know, you're part of the establishment, uh Republican or Democrat. They don't give those out they don't give those out to people that are not going to tow or present the party line. So you got this guy, Luther Strange, down there in Alabama. Uh, There was the GOP primary for a special election, and no one candidate won outright, I think. The candidate you would have had had 50% of the vote. The uh, the gentleman that got most of the votes was former Judge Roy Moore, had been uh, on the Supreme Court in Alabama twice, had been deposed Twice different circumstances. You may remember him as a Ten Commandments judge. He had uh, erected a large, I believe, marble uh, monument to the Ten Commandments that had then been removed. And that whole story, that's very, very interesting how that unfolded. In any case, uh, Roy Moore didn't win out, right? But he and Luther Strange, Luther Strange, Strange number two, that triggered or set off this. Uh, Special election, which was decided this last Tuesday in the favor of Moore, but President Donald J. Trump was down in Alabama stumping for Strange, and Breitbart has been fiercely, you know, pro Roy Moore as a populist, and I think to a lesser extent also as a Christian, as a as a true outsider. Breitbart had ran a piece saying part of the reason, or a good a good reason, uh, a good basis explanation for why Trump stuck his neck out in Alabama, because as as we know, that Donald doesn't like to stump for people that lose elections. It was due to the influence of his son, Lodge, Eric Kushner. Again, is that true? I don't know. Again, Breitbart is obviously uh, representing the uh, paleoconservative uh, views that Trump once espoused. Uh, the guys running Breitbart, Steve Bannon, former uh, special counsel to J- Donald J. Trump. He was allegedly number two in the White House, behind the chief of staff. But uh, after uh, after a former chief of staff was uh, was terminated, then uh, Steve Bannon left, and that's debatable too. What did he leave? It was it all volition? Was he fired? I think the statement that came out at the time is that it was one of these deals. It was it was a mutual decision. It's always it's a mutual decision. In any case, Bannon's back at Breitbart. And they strongly, they've strongly supported Roy Moore. So Trump goes down there, and in in the midst of a uh, stumping for uh, for Luther Strange, uh, Trump again showing who he is, opposing a candidate who would who's representing the agenda that he held, which has been abandoned a very long time ago. <laughs> opposing Roy Moore, but but Trump's down there, and then. Uh, he made he made certain statements feed in here. There's gonna be some uh, mild profanity here if by any chance uh anyone's watching with their children, uh, Donald Trump will use some profanity here. But this is what the president then said that uh really exacerbated and accelerated this controversy with NFL NFL players protesting during the national anthem.
0: Luther and I, and everyone in this arena tonight, are unified by the same great American values. We're proud of our country. We respect our flag. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL when somebody disrespects our flag? To say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. You know, some owner is going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country, because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for, okay?
3: Everything that we stand for. At okay, so there you have it. President Donald J. Trump uh saying that uh someone that would do that, that would kneel during the national anthem is the son of a female dog and they should be fired. And he likes he likes saying that's fired, he yeah, comes back from yeah, you know, his days on the uh the apprentice. He likes that you're fired. So, uh, this is being presented, you know, there's a general way this is being presented in the mass media. Uh, this is left versus right. It's liberal versus conservative. Uh, it's Democrat versus Republican. And it's also being framed uh, as uh, black versus white. Once again, about 70% of NFL players are black. So, that would, most of their protesting are black. Uh, once again, I would not say all of those that are protesting would agree 100% with Colin Kaepernick, but it is a protest nonetheless. Uh, a lot of things that, that could be, I want to talk about the flag and I want to talk about the national anthem in particular, but I want to make, uh, uh, I'm talking about the flag, it's very interesting how, how this all comes to play uh, in the broad culture. You heard you heard the chance there in Alabama, USA, USA. Uh and that's not limited obviously to Alabama. But uh the downside, there's a positive side of nationalism and there's obviously a negative side of nationalism. Uh the positive side of course would be America first in terms of uh protecting our economy, getting jobs to Americans, like yeah, you know, many, many, many other countries do. You cannot go to many other countries and work unless you could demonstrate the job that you're doing could not be performed or filled by a national. Uh, so and getting back to Breitbart against Steve Bannon, yeah, he speed this strong as far as economic nationalism. So there's you know, there's definitely that there's positive aspects to nationalism. There's no doubt, um Michael Savage, which is not his real name, believes Michael Wiener, it's a guy that had uh had a PhD and he his part of his story, he was transferred from a uh, so called liberal to a conservative when he saw discrimination because uh what it was like for him trying to get a job in academia. But Savage Savage has made himself quite the name and his message in the nutshell is really border borders language and culture. Borders, language, and culture, and he was saying this, you know, well over a well, well over a decade before Donald J. Trump uh, was running for president. So there's there's definitely positive aspects of nationalism. The negative, the downside of nationalism is the mentality of my country right or wrong. My country right or wrong. It's the mentality of equating what the government does with what's in your best behalf, uh, equating the well-being of the government or the power of the government, and particularly the power of the military. That's where a lot of this NFL stuff is really why it's so uh, explosive, is because you know, the uh, the time, the associations of the flag and, na- and national anthem, which really was a military song uh, written during, I believe, uh, the Civil War, or before the Civil War, but it was used by the, by the uh it was used by the north it was used by the union forces long before it became the national anthem but uh, the negative side of nationalism is associating uh the well-being or the power of the military with you as an individual and the idea then that if you oppose uh if you oppose the policies of the government and particularly any any military action then you're unpatriotic. And uh as uh, you know, Trump has said, you are a son of a female dog then and you should be fired. This uh the flag the flag has a much older history than the Star Spangled Banner, which is the national anthem of the U S of A. The flag started uh re- during the Revolutionary War and went went through some different changes. But you probably heard that in uh whatever School you went to, government school or not, reading the same history textbooks about Betsy Ross. So, you know, the flag was around a long time again, It didn't always look the same. It was changed a lot, but the flag, flag goes back a long time. The basis of the U.S. government, and we could say tons and tons about culture. I'm not going to go there. This culture is more subjective, though. We could say some things about it, but the basis of the government of the United States, the birth document was the Declaration of Independence. July 4th, 1776, Thomas Jefferson, in his 30s, writing that with some help from others, uh, we hold these shoes to be self-evident that uh, all men are created uh, equal. And uh talks about our rights being uh, coming from God, not from government. If they came from government, then government could take them away. And Jefferson was by no means a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, he he did realize that philosophical concept that there had to be something, there had to be a basis for individual rights that went beyond government. Because it was, if it was merely just a compact among government, government could then eviscerate or remove any other right. Which invariably, because human nature is evil, that's the nature of governments to become more corrupt. And though our government theoretically was established to protect individual liberties, that's obviously, it's uh, it's not doing that over time, it's not doing that over time. Remember, you never have to say you're a socialist, you never have to do that, the government never has to say are a socialist, all they have to do is continually and incrementally increase taxes until you make less and less and less and less and less. And less. You never have to say that that word socialist. That's something. You just you could use other words. You could say progressive, like Teddy Roosevelt, who was a Republican, who's was progressive. So there's, they're just big, big. I mean, it's a huge downside to nationalism. Normally, not always, but normally, what you know, when someone is gives a speech and then with a crowd of people, normally, not always, I would say, but if they start chanting USA, USA, it's normally not indicative of a visceral it's normally indicative of a thoughtful, uh, you know, well balanced, carefully thought out response. You know, it's more very emotional and uh, and visceral to whatever the person is saying. And of course Donald J. Trump as a uh, as a politician now, as presidents know they know how to uh they know how to manipulate their base. They know how to manipulate people. The uh the national anthem is uh you may not know this, uh was not around uh was not around back when the country was founded in a colonial times. So national Anthem was adopted first, let me pull it up, by Woodrow Wilson as a song, an official anthem, or ballad for the military. And then later on, it was adopted for the whole country. And let me pull up that quote. It's very, very interesting. President Woodrow Wilson signing executive order in 1916... Case okay, goes back to incidentally World War One, you know, the first time the US did what George Washington said not to do, which was get involved in a European conflict. President Woodrow Wilson signed the executive order in nineteen sixteen designating it Star Spangled Banner, that is, as the national anthem of the United States for all military ceremonies. Okay? Get that was just military ceremonies. But on March third, nineteen thirty one, check this out. After after 40, four zero, previous attempts failed. A measure passed Congress and was signed into law that formally designated the Star-Spangled Banner as a national anthem of the United States. President Her- Herbert Hoover signed that March 3rd, 1931. So think about how how they play us with this, uh, with the idea of, uh, of the national anthem. And, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a nice song, but uh, it's, uh, that's all it is. The basis, the basis of the government of the United States, again, the United States was born in you know, through the Revolution, as uh, as embodied by, as expressed by, the Declaration of Independence. The you know, the colonies, the, state, the colonies then get declared their independence from uh, Great Britain. Then the U.S. the U.S. adopted their first compact or constitution, which was the Articles of Confederation, which was far superior to the current Constitution, which gave the federal government far more power. In any case, the Constitution was adopted, albeit illegally. If you look at how it was adopted, the Articles of Confederation were not rescinded legally. But it was adopted, and there's nothing, obviously, in in the Constitution about the national anthem because the national anthem wasn't written then. And uh, then wasn't adopted till uh, 1931. There's nothing about any type of national song, uh, nothing about the flag uh, in uh, in the Constitution or Declaration of Independence. So these these symbols are used to manipulate us, and this is part of the downside, the negative side of nationalism. And that's why the current controversy in the NFL really is so is so explosive because people are touching upon those uh those symbols and yeah you know, they are just symbols. If wouldn't it be great if at every sporting event, especially we're talking about the NFL tonight, if uh the NFL, yeah, you know, before they started the game, you know, they read they read a paragraph or two of uh the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution or part of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Wouldn't well, that be great? But that wouldn't serve the overlord's purpose because they don't want people understanding the basis of government. They don't want people understanding their rights. And that government was created to protect their rights. No. They want people to get upset about real or imaginary disrespect towards the flag. And they want people to get upset about real or imaginary disrespect Toward the national anthem. That's how it rolls out. The whole thing with the NFL, to me, is really it's. It, and I said in the beginning of the show, this, there's so many layers. Uh, it's it, it's amazing because the NFL has been used. Yeah, and this is this is the way this is the way it goes to through sports, but particularly the NFL, it's been used overtly, openly, as a vehicle to really push militarism and then down this negative nationalism that the power of the United States rests in the power of the military and the military should be supported and no one should question the military, anything the military does. You know what? You go to uh, an NFL game and there's a flag that fits across the entire breadth of the field. Uh, you go to an NFL game at times, and there's fighter jets, you know, flying above, you know, what's, what does a flag, especially a flag the size of the field, have to do with entertainment, and at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's all, well, all arena sports arts, it's massive entertainment, that's all it is, and yeah, you may take entertainment more seriously than others, you may be involved in fantasy football league, or leagues, plural, I know, grown men that do that, who I consider friends, I do not do that <laughs> I do not participate in the in the NFL including fantasy football leagues it's just entertainment but again, they want to manipulate us, so there's a strong identification of using those symbols, the flag and now it has been the national anthem to get the people to identify with that of course, you can say the same thing you know, with uh, with baseball games. Why, why again, when a baseball game begins or a football, or a pro football game, you know why? Uh, well, why, why is there this flag stuff and uh, national anthem? Why, why is it, and then why why don't they read a little bit of the Constitution? Read you know some of the Declaration of Independence. As I said, I think you know why now. It's uh, it's not about liberating the people. It's about controlling the people. It's not about emancipating us. It's not about teaching the people that government should be their servant. It's about brainwashing the populace. government should be the master. If you want to call in, uh, that number is 619-638-8559 619-638-8559. We're talking about President Donald J. Trump versus the NFL and we are breaking this down to look at the, uh, to look at the real story. Gonna take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes on the K I R P Radio Show. K I R P Radio.
1: How many more innocent people? How many
3: more? How many
0: more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history?
1: Demicide, or death by government has killed 290 million people on record.
3: Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. U.S.S.R.
0: 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism,
2: nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization,
0: killed over
3: 50 million people.
2: Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government, two million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987.
3: And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought
0: more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough.
1: Demand an end to citizen disarmament.
0: As an American as an american citizen as a patriot
1: for your children
0: enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again now is the time
3: it's time it's time to realize that when the government takes your guns people die
1: it's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government
3: it's time to recognize Government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our
0: politicians
2: uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took
3: office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey. The Constitution
0: The Constitution The Constitution Because a well-regulated militia with 10 round magazines wouldn't last very long So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government
3: Because mass murderers agree, gun control works
1: 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Tell
4: me why. How could the one I gave my heart to go and break this heart? Of my- Sound Shoe. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
2: KRRP Radio!
3: You're listening to KIRP Radio Show last Friday night, so the month with your guest host, Rocco P. The uh, Pudgy and I did uh, a show on the NFL. And that was over three years ago. Now we did a show on the NFL, and I would uh, I would definitely say if you're interested in this, uh, as far as the NFL in general, check it out. Uh, we recorded that show. If you go in the archives on uh, BlogTalkRadio.com, KRP Radio, that was recorded as the show the night of June 29th, 2014. June 29, 2014, and I'm not going to rehearse that show. But on that show, uh, I went live. Pudgy was surprised, among other other things. And uh, I said I was done with the NFL. I was done, and I was. Uh, I'm I'm an ex-NFL fan. Uh, I have not looked back. I'd say I have zero regrets for many, many reasons. Uh, The tipping point for me then at the time is when Michael Sam was the first openly uh, homosexual man to be drafted by the NFL. Uh, There's a lot more reasons. Again, you can listen to that entire show. Uh, and as a believer, I didn't even get into it that night. But I also believe that the first day of the week is the Lord's Day. So for those that profess the Lord Jesus Christ is a Savior, it should be a special day. I think it should be set aside to focus on the Lord, uh, not on among other things, uh, mere entertainment. And that is all the NFL is, albeit uh, with people that are very highly paid. You look at the growth of the NFL, uh, the story is told that when the, uh, the NFL merged with the AFL, the American Football League, that's how we got the Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl, again, this isn't that long ago, the 60s, wasn't even sold out. So, part of the signs of uh, decaying in a decadent culture, part of the signs of a culture that is uh, degenerating, is how much attention, time, energy, money is focused on entertainment and particularly arena sports. You go back even into the 1960s, believe it or not, uh, professional baseball players, most, Maybe not all, but they had to work another job. To me, that's mind blowing. You think about, you know, the uh, the season, yeah, you know, being 100 and over 150 games. And professional baseball players had to work another job then until the '60s. First, the first Super Bowl wasn't sold out, so part of the sign, one, one telltale sign of the culture, a rotting and decaying, is this emphasis we give to arena sports. And I say, I'm particularly say arena sports when, you know, you're just basically sitting in front of a TV, you know, watching other people play or being there and at an arena or being in the arena to, to watch people perform. Uh, completely different. Uh, I know pudgy coaches, that's totally different if you're trying to instill values in youth, uh, trying to teach boys uh, about what it's like to compete, to play by the rules. Uh have honor that those things those things would be extremely positive but there's really is a world of difference between competing in sports and being a spectator of sports this NFL stuff with Trump again really uh and it was designed to do this it was supposed to it was supposed to hit a lot of nerves because of really the NFL becoming a religion uh I mentioned fantasy football before. The amount of time and money that people spend, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, creating fantasy leagues. And I, I mean, it's it wouldn't be bad enough. And I remember in the past, I could, I could get home after church, and uh, you know, if the first game started between twelve or one, yeah, I, I had no problem sometimes watching three games. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch the early game, the late game around four, and you have Sunday night football. And if you wanted, you had Monday Night Football. And then they added Thursday Night Football. On top of that, then you have people with these fantasy leagues. So you could tell I already said I gave up the NFL. I'm not an NFL, NFL fan to begin with. I do believe in protest. As far as morality of the protest, it's it's very interesting. I would say, you know, do, do I support those protests? I'd say in general, no, but it's not because uh, – I respect the NFL. Uh, I don't. It's not because I think that the national anthem is sacred. And again, I think it really it has no place in arena sports. As I said before, this is just a matter of you know, mass mind control manipulation of the populace. Uh, it's not because I would say I disrespect the flag, but I do not worship the flag. Uh, no, I would say the protest. The protests are real suited for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, there, as far as a choice of protest, there's many things that people of all backgrounds can and should be protesting in this country. Uh, not the least of which is abortion, and not the least of which is the disproportionate number of black babies that die through through abortion. But we don't see a mass, uh, we don't see a mass movement about that. As far as the police brutality. Yes, it is a problem. Pudgy and I have talked about that before. You could go to any site like CopBlock.com, CopBlock.com and others, and it seems like you know, there's just an endless amount of videos all over the country. I don't watch this stuff all the time. I watch it some of the time. You could also see it on Facebook. If you do Facebook, you go to CopBlock, and uh, it might be CopBlock.org. Just do uh, go to StartPage.com. Startpage.com or DuckDuckGo.com and search cop lock. but in most of these cases, not always, uh, you do see you do see police abuse of power. Sometimes, again, I do side with the police. Most of those videos, I think, that they show most of the times the police are wrong uh, in what they depict. Sometimes the police do get in trouble. Sometimes they are held accountable. Other times they're not. They're not held accountable. But the idea that there is a concerted effort—again, I already I. I already said the other is a problem with police brutality, there's no doubt. But I would I would contest the fact that it is disproportional to blacks. That that's that's what I would contest. In other words the police are equal opportunity offenders when it comes to beating on people. <laughs> I I just honestly believe that. And again, I'm not anti police. Um, I'm pro individual liberties and uh the police department is. Police departments, like any, anything else, we had a wonderful system in the United States. In that, if you look at true federalism, that meant there was separation of powers. We really don't want a heavy hand. We really don't want a whole lot of federal police. But slowly but surely, this is what's happening. We've had an expansion of of federal federal officers that have police powers. A variety of people with the consolidation of the department of homeland security, federal badges, people holding federal guns, a variety of ways that federal law enforcement officers really uh abuse the rights of Americans. And part of that comes down to, you know, the sobering fact that who at the Constitution face value. Doesn't take long to read it. Uh my friend Greg Brandon, who's run for public office, more than once has said, Yeah, take take the time, yeah, you know, six pages. <laughs> depending upon the size of uh, the font you print it out on or read it on. But it doesn't take long to read the Constitution if you do it. And most of it's pretty easy to understand, unlike what the uh, what the uh, secular overlords would have us believe, that you need to be an expert. I love the fact how they brainwash us and they say the Supreme Court will decide what the Constitution says. Uh, and, yeah, you know, they invent rights. They invent things. Like the Constitution, they invented a right to homosexual marriage. Okay? Marriage has nothing to do with the federal government to begin with. Period. Case closed. Same thing with drugs. Same thing with drugs. Whether it's prescription drugs or non-prescription drugs, Ain't, there's just no power. It's not there. So when you get back to this law enforcement stuff at the federal level, it's a very, very serious problem because most of the laws are enforcing – are unconstitutional; therefore, they're illegal. Uh, you look at the Second Amendment; the Bill of Rights again were negative affirmations. It was given to assure the people that the, the, the anti-federalists, like like a Patrick Henry, who were correct, because they saw the huge advance in the power of the federal government from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution, and they were very concerned that the new federal government was going to uh, usurp the rights of the individual in the states. And, uh, you know, the Federals came back, and like Alexander Hamlin said, it's it's pages. You know, it's black on white. If it's not there, it's not going to happen. Patrick Henry and others said, "Uh, in essence, I I want a little more assurance. I don't really trust you. So the Constitution was only ratified with the promise. Check this out. They don't teach you this in school. With the promise that the Bill of Rights would be ratified. And it was. That's what happened after the fact. So, again, Second Amendment, you know, Congress. Uh, Second Amendment, there's a, Congress shall make no law. So all federal gun laws are illegal. So getting back to the whole protest thing, once again, there is a problem of police brutality. I do believe the police are equal opportunity offenders. I, I, and again, there's different things happening in different municipalities. Here's another, here's another factoid to throw out. If uh, you look at any given, on any given week how many blacks die due to, uh, due to homicide in Chicago. Chicago is really a poster child for a city of the problem, gun, the problem with gun control because all gun control does is that it punishes a law-abiding citizen because most intelligent people that aren't, that aren't manipulated or you know, paid liars know the criminals aren't going to obey the laws. Why, that's why uh, homicide went down one year in Florida after they liberalized gun laws, after they went to concealed carry. 25% dropped. So, But we don't see mass protests about black people dying in Chicago. And the reason we don't, because that wouldn't help the narrative. Because what we're seeing is meant to divide us. It's meant to divide us. Uh, it's meant to cause animosity. Uh, it's uh, meant to cause racial hatred. It's meant to... Have people emotionally attach themselves to the government, and yeah, that's all part of the hysteria over the flag and the national anthem. I'm going to play a uh, part of the video here. This was uh, Larry Elder, okay, who, uh, for lack of a better term, would be called conservative. I guess he likes that word. And Larry Elder is a black man, and he was on the he was on uh, the Rubin show. This goes back to January 2016, and. Elder spit out a lot of facts here, very interesting as far as you know the violence and how we are being manipulated so I'm going to play a few minutes of this uh, this interview.
2: 95% of the black vote. Uh, and the reason they get it is because blacks are convinced that the number one issue facing the country right now is social justice, racist white cops, uh, discrimination, systemic uh, racism, microaggression, whatever new word they come up with. And it's a bunch of nonsense. The number one problem domestically facing this country is a breakdown of the family. And uh, President Obama said it. I didn't. Uh, a, a, a black kid, or a kid, not just a black kid, a kid raised without a dad is five times more likely to be poor and commit crimes, nine times more likely likely to drop out of school and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. So you're far more likely to end up in jail without having a dad than you are because of a white racist cop. Right. So but you wouldn't not acknowledge that there are some systemic issues. Give give me an example. Tell me what you think the most systemic racist issue is. What is it? Well, I would say that because black people in most cases, in many cases, were descendants of slaves, that racism as a as an institution, that it just in a certain amount of it just exists. I, 2015. It, that it, cert- give me the most blatant racist example you can come up with right now. Um, I think you could probably find evidence that, in general, cops yeah, are that, that cops are more willing. To shoot if the uh, perpetrator is black. What's your data? Then white. What's your basis for saying that? Last year, well, look, I know a lot of people would I, say, look what's going on in Chicago. I, I know what they would say. Yeah. I'm talking about what the facts are. 965 people were shot by cops last last year and killed. Four percent of them were white cops shooting unarmed blacks. In in Chicago in 2011, 21 people were shot and killed by cops. Uh, in 2015, there were seven. Uh, In Chicago, which is a third black, a third white, and a third Hispanic, 70% of the homicides are black-on-black, about 40 per month, almost 500 uh, per year last year in Chicago, and 75% of them are unsolved. Where is the Black Lives Matter on that? The idea that a racist white cop uh, shooting unarmed black people is a peril to black people is BS, is complete and total BS. And, and the reason for these so-called activists saying this is the assumption that racism remains a major problem in America. The media, CNN, especially MSNBC, runs down whenever a black cop shoots somebody, uh, and, it, and it's a, some, some march on Washington. It's ridiculous. Uh, black people, half the homicides in this country are committed by and against black people. Last year there were 14,000 homicides. I'm not talking about suicides. I'm talking about homicides. Mm-hmm. Um, half of them were black. Ninety-six percent of them black on black of oh, that seven thousand. Where's the black Black Lives Matter people on that? So that there is where you would say that this is purely because of social justice. This Pure, is purely, purely because, because of, they want ultimately for people to be angry enough to just keep voting Democrat. That's right. right. And, that and where's safe. where's the evidence of a lack of social justice when a black uh, suspect is killed by, by a cop, believe me, the media is on it, people are watching it, uh, and, uh, and justice will, will, for the most part, occur. In Baltimore, where Freddie Gray was killed, uh, Freddie Gray died in a van, I shouldn't say was killed, died in a van, yeah. you have a city that's uh, 45% black. Uh, city Council is 100 percent Democrat. The majority of city council is black. The top cop at the time was was black, the number two cop was black. The majority of the command staff is black. the The mayor is black. Uh, the AG is black. Uh, and yet here we are talking about racism. i mean it's it's absurd. yeah it's absurd so it 's funny I
3: So Larry Elder, Larry Elder makes those points, and there is police brutality and violence. Again, just go to copblock.org. The issue is: is is it a systemic problem of racism? And I would argue, different police departments uh, in different parts of the country more corrupt. Uh, Chicago, uh, Northeast, New York City: legendary corruption. Legendary corruption. When you had organized crime took over New York City, those are the people that got owned the politicians to pass gun control laws. Why? Because if you're if you're part of organized crime, you only want uh, the organized criminals to have guns, and the police you control to have guns. See that in New Jersey, North New Jersey, Camden. Camden has <laughs> been very dangerous over the years. People are disarmed. Criminals are not. Uh, obviously, uh, there's still they're still an element of racism, but I, I agree with Larry Elder on that point. The idea of systemic, I don't agree with. Uh, I agree with him. It's not systemic. I don't believe it's systemic. Uh, he did say in past, you know, justice will be served, I do agree with him in that in a lot of the high profile cases you do have, you know, endless and incessant media coverage. And you know, what he said in Baltimore was, was highly relevant. You have all the blacks there if, if that's due to racism then you know, call it a day when you know, uh, you know blacks are essentially controlling black people controlling government. And that's part of the, that's part of the downside too of identity politics, just because you are white, does that mean you are going to uh, make decisions just uh, in the favor of white people? No, same thing with blacks. It's just it's not the case. But uh, the idea of it being pervasive, disagree with. The idea of police getting away with it, uh, Larry Elder seemed to say that doesn't happen. It does. It does. It doesn't happen all the time. But again, I go back to those parts of the country in particular where police have a more legendary and established and clear uh, reputation for corruption. Uh, you look at Chicago, you look at New York City, New York City police have gone away with murder, literally. Okay, I didn't pull up the cases tonight. You could do some research. So, But again, this is the exception. Uh, this is the exception in those cases, to say systemic and to believe that uh, the perception that, the vast majority of police, and that the vast majority of police brutality uh, is all aimed at black people and it's, it's due to racism. It's just, it's not true. So I, I disagree with the protest too because of the First Amendment, really, it's talking about Congress not making uh, those laws. Yeah, you know, As an NFL player, and we've seen the NFL flex its muscle as far as rules, uh, domestic abuse, things like that. It's, uh, it's an employer, and it's what they do. Now, for me, again, you know how I feel as far as the manipulation of the anthem. I don't think, I'm not a fan of arena sports to begin with anymore, and I don't like the nationalism to begin with, so you could just really solve it by divorcing the NFL from, you know, from the Star-Spangled Banner. But... It's their religion, they don't want to do that. But because it is, because it is a private employer, again, if they want to say their employees have to do it. Uh yeah, they they uh, they should. I mean, if they want to enforce that that rule, uh they can. The uh d World Net Dale ran a piece too as far as uh as far as the current law or, or I should say law uh The current regulations that the NFL does have in place. And the NFL, incidentally, has also been heavily funded by taxpayers. The NFL, I think, um, up until recently was somehow mystically tax free. I don't know how they were non profit, but they were considered that until recently. But obviously, the military, uh, I was looking at the stats earlier this week, I think, I don't know if it started around 2011 or so, the military obviously has heavily invested in the NFL to accelerate the mind control. You know, the downside of, uh, the downside of uh, nationalism. There's one piece in Liberty Headlines, a guy named Joshua Palladino wrote a piece, Congressman wants Department of Defense sponsorship of disrespectful NFL to end. And a guy named Mo Brooks, Congressman out of Alabama, says he wants the federal government to stop subsidizing teams that don't respect the flag and the anthem. So he sent a letter to Trump saying federal law about the American flag and national anthem is clear. And he quotes uh, US, uh, U.S.C., uh, 4 U.S.C., paragraph 8, states the flag represents a living country and is itself considered a living thing, which is absurd. I haven't read that. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a living thing. So then if you burn a flag uh, or if you shoot it, should you go to jail for murder? I mean, that's that's beyond absurd. Uh, in any case, uh, the Department of Defense was slated to spend $600 million a year to advertise the uh, the U.S. military. And uh again, if the NFL is gonna share that, yeah, you know, he wants it to stop. The NFL rule, the WND piece was NFL rules require anti anthem players to appear on field that they should stand. So that uh that is basically what the NFL says and uh they're not uh, they don't seem to be enforcing that particular rule at this point. Quote during the national anthem players on the field and bench area should stand. Had attention face the flag hold helmets in their left hand, very specific and refrain from talking. The home team should ensure that the American flag is in good condition. It should be pointed out to players and coaches that we continue to be judged by the public in this area of respect for the flag and our country. Failure to be on the field by the start of the national anthem may result in discipline, such as fine suspensions and or forfeiture of draft choices for violations of the above, including first offenses. Very interesting, that WND piece, uh, the NFL Declined to respond to multiple requests by WorldNetDaily (WND) about that. They just didn't want to didn't want to talk about it too much. So uh, we have again we have the issue where uh, goes I go back to last Friday. Uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, don't misunderstand me. He's obviously petty. Anyone that would be selected, not elected, they are selected. New World Order selected Trump, just as New World Order selected Obama. They select the people who they believe will advance their agenda. Uh, two-party system, as I've said before, it's heads I win, tails the people lose. It's the way it works. So Trump, uh, you know, Trump ran. He, he talked a good. He talked a good talk as as a as a uh, populist. Talked a good talk about economic nationalism. Uh, talked a good talk about NATO being useless, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Talked really good against uh, against the Iraq war. He sounded like Ron Paul on steroids before the South Carolina primary. That guy that guy's gone though. That that Donald Trump doesn't exist. We have the neoconservative version of Donald Trump around, so but to to say he's petty, uh, you don't want to mis you don't want to misinterpret when Trump says something when there's this level of uh when there's this level of uh, activity when a firestorm like this is, has occurred, you don't want to think this is just Trump basically speaking off the cuff cuff, which uh you know, Trump is and loves to do yeah it's just i don't think he could be president without twitter i just i don't think it would happen i'm not saying he he'd stop being president, but he certainly couldn't have the same influence without twitter let's face it, but here's an example of of Donald Trump. This is back on March fourth uh, hours after Donald Trump accused Barack Obama of wiretapping Trump Tower, which I do believe was true. I'm not, I'm not covering that tonight. Uh, hours after that, this goes back to March 4th this year, the president shifted his crosshairs towards Arnold Schwarzenegger, claiming the actor and former governor was fired from the new celebrity apprentice rather than voluntarily leaving. Voluntarily leaving, And here's, here's a great quote by... By the Donald, March 4th, 2017. R. Schwarzenegger isn't voluntarily leaving the Apprentice. He was fired by its bad, pathetic ratings, not by me. Sad and to a great show. <laughs> think, think about think about the mentality of Donald J. Trump. You're the president of the United States, and you not only you have time, you have time to watch TV, and not only that you have time to tweet about someone leaving a reality TV show? <laughs> I say I say all that, though, to stress that in this whole NFL debacle, uh, don't think Trump was an idiot. Uh, he played us. Uh, he played us. In other words, they want us divided. They want to stoke left versus right. They want to stoke li- you know, allegedly liberal, liberal, liberal versus conservative. And they want to make it racial. So, Trump knew what he was doing. He's not stupid. And that's why after it happened, that's why he had over 200 players more than ever Then, protesting, and got a caller. Uh, good evening. May I have your name and what, where are you from?
1: Yeah, it's Bianchi calling from the Midwest.
3: Hey, sir. What's, what's on your mind? Well, Trump is very
1: brilliant. If he wants to use the modern way of communicating, it's perfectly fine. And the way people got all bent out of shape when they heard certain words, he never called any players' mothers SOBs. He was pretty pacific in what he said. So if someone disrespected the flag, first action disrespect the flag. And what if owners, not him, owners, would say. Get that S O B out the field. <laughs> I hear That's No,
3: he was mis he yeah, he was misrepresented. I mean it was one I think it was Sheila Lee Jackson from Democrat from Texas in the house who got down on her knee and uh she said she, he was calling their mothers that and obviously he was calling <laughs> yeah, he was calling them so yeah. It's uh no no uh I hear you, and like I just I just covered. I mean, it's in the NFL rules. Even though I'm against the I'm against the neo side of uh, nationalism, I don't want them manipulating us to support the military, regardless of what they say and do. But yeah, I mean, if the NFL, we know the NFL before, has been very very stringent about the rules with substance abuse and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's on the books that WND documented it. Uh, if they wanted to enforce this, they could. So that goes back to where I was oh, just saying yes, before you can. called. Yeah. You know why they can
1: enforce it? Because the players work under the 1890 Sherman Antitrust Act, plus two Mm -hmm. others that came around 1914. And what Mm -hmm. does that mean? They are not collective bargaining employees. They are individual litigation employees. They sign contracts with individuals. If if it was collective bargaining. All the running backs would be paid the same. All of the mm-hmm. linemen on both sides, defense and offense, will be paid the same. No, they're individuals. And when they are individuals, they, if the owners say you have to do this, like stand for the national anthem, you got to do it. If not, you reap the consequences. That's,
3: that's, so, that's a brilliant point. That's a brilliant point. I, like I said, I... We know they can do it, and it's like I said before, Trump, they want this controversy. I mean, that that's the sad thing. In other words, th- they could crush it by either. I think if they fired one or two people, it would end pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. But they want. And they, you they know want, another thing. Fester. Go ahead. Right. And the First Amendment
1: in the U.S. Constitution applies to Congress. It doesn't yep. apply to private business or yep. corporations. Absolutely. Now, if you work in the post office, which is a government agency, or any other government agency, you have more leeway with free speech than you would if you was an employee at an institution, say a college, or in a corporation where they tell you, uh, speak to you about your tattoos and your hairstyle and the buttons and T-shirts. You know what's funny in all this? Americans are so, so dumb. I mean, they are really dumb. They don't understand. Yeah. I mean, what schooling did they have? But anyway, I don't well, want to take
3: up too yeah. much on your time. No, I I, I appreciate you, calling. I appreciate your comments. Yeah, we know. I mean, we're on the same page to that extent. We know they could end this. They could end it very quickly and decisively. And we know Goodell, yeah, he has no problem dropping the hammer. I mean, you look what happened a couple of years back uh, with Ray Rice. Okay, and he has mm-hmm. no problem dropping the hammer. So, the government—I the, see the NFL is really, in one sense, an extension of the government. They want—they want to see each other's throats because while we obsess about the NFL, about what's really entertainment, we're not talking about the illegal wars. We're not talking about abortion. We're not talking about people black and white getting incarcerated for smoking a weed. Yeah. That. Federal government has no power to regulate We don't talk about any of those things, no No, we're talking did about Did you hear what LeBron NFL.
1: James said? I uh, think he was he really said, mis- I think he did made a mistake say dummy.
3: Did He called Trump a dummy
1: He called Trump a bum
3: Now <laughs> you remember how blacks used to get on
1: <laughs> Wait a minute You remember how blacks used to get on Michael Jordan Because he wouldn't speak out On political issues and social issues
0: A little bit. He made bad, the
1: statement that Republicans bad. also were Jordans well, if you look at him and how successful he's been in business today through his connections and networking, he's worth $1.3 billion. When well, you diss a president, no matter what your political and private affiliations is, you are cutting network and also burning bridges. Yeah. And people will say, well, he's got enough money. Yeah, right. Well, if you got enough money, why are you trying to get him to spend his money the way you want him to spend his money?
3: Yeah, it's 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 a good point. I think a lot of people and they'll, they'll say different things. Obviously, he didn't he didn't use profanity, but I mean, of all the words you called bomb, I would say Trump politically is a fraud because yeah, he, he's he's turned his back on his whole agenda. That's why Steve Bannon's gone, and Bannon pretty much said that when he left. He said he he if he if he read he had a he I don't know if he gave an interview if he said it to Breitbart himself when he came back, but he basically said the Trump that we elected doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> But in any case, for LeBron, well, the word bum is ridiculous. I mean, you say yeah, a lot about Trump. He's not a bum. He's a billionaire.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. All right, I'll let you get back to your show. Thanks hey, a lot.
3: Thanks. thanks. Have a good night. Uh, Trump versus the NFL. Uh, they, uh, they do use these things to divide us. Appreciate the caller uh, seeing that the NFL could put this to, they could bring us to a close very, very quickly and emphatically and decisively. But they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because their job is to divide us. Division and distraction, misdirection. That's how government works. Because if they have us fighting each other over, at the end of the day, what is what highly paid entertainers do, then again, we're not talking about abortion. We're not talking about the transformation of the United States into a police state. And oh yes, we are we are a police state and it is uh, it is getting worse. Here's a great angle in the NFL, no one's talking about. Quote Paul according Paul Joseph Watson, big sis or NFL grope downs. Okay. Big sis ordered NFL grope downs. Okay, Janet Reno, former attorney general. This is from Friday, September 16, 2011, InfoWars.com. At this point, said to say Alex Jones has become a caricature of himself. But back then, years ago, they they're still doing far more far more real real journalism. The NFL's new policy, this is September 16, 2011, the NFL's new policy to conduct pat-downs of all people entering stadiums nationwide is a consequence of the organization's partnership with Homeland Security. The federal agency that has come to resemble an occupying army enforcing the notion that Americans are guilty until proven innocent. The NFL wants all fans patted down from the ankles up this season to improve fan safety. They quote USA Today, oh yes, it's always always for our safety. It's always for our safety. Under the new enhanced pat-down procedures, the NFL wants all 32 clubs to search fans from the ankles to the knees, as well as the waist up. Previously, security guards only patted down fans from the waist up while looking for booze, weapons or other banned items. The Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts have already announced a new measure of place plays for that weekends games. When that when that story blew back in two thousand eleven, I think the only holdout, the only team that didn't comply was the Green Bay was uh, the Green Bay Packers. So the NFL rolled over. The NFL again being a force for evil helping build the police state, uh helping brainwash people into this military, and helping train us, train men, to be slaves, okay? Training us, good, really good slave training. Of course, it started at the airports after 9-11, but they really want to make sure everyone, everyone's a good slave and everyone thinks it's normal to have strangers touch you. It's normal to do that, and it's for your safety. For you, so I could talk about it tonight. night they didn't go into it, go into DHS and TSA. I could talk about how uh, yeah, perverts have been arrested, in the TSA, and you know, we we won't go there. It's always it's always for your safety. It's always for your safety. That Paul Joseph Watson piece went on, but this only marks the beginning of the role DHS sees itself in assuming as part of its occupation of the country. Homeland security is also developing technology to be used at security events to monitor mal-intent, that's a great word, mal-intent on behalf of an individual who passes through a checkpoint. I didn't know in the Free Nation we had checkpoints, but we do, not just in airports. The promotional video for the program explains how future attribute screening technology, FAST checkpoints, will conduct physiological and behavioral tests in order to weed out suspected terrorists and criminals. Okay, this is all, this is all, complete idiocy. It's all about training us to be slaves. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, uh, you got the message tonight. uh, I'm no fan of the NFL. I'd encourage you to do better stuff with your free time. In particular, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to focus on the Lord. (laughs) Uh, Spend time with God's people. Spend time in God's Word. Spend time thinking about spiritual things. Uh, Listening to sermons on Sunday on the first day of the week. But don't, uh, don't, accept, don't accept the talking points that they're shoving down our throats. Uh, don't, don't believe that the protest should be about racism. They're not. Don't believe that uh, this is making things better. It's not. It's dividing us. Uh, I do strongly believe in legitimate protest. I, th- I think you have to have real issues, and I think you have to use a real form. And uh, this uh, this is very negative. This is very negative. Trump, I believe, knew what he was doing. The NFL knows what they're doing. They don't want it to go away. They want it to fester. Because they, they want to basically incite hatred. Even racial hatred. Uh, I go back to the fact that the NFL is 70% black. Uh I'm not saying Trump is a racist. There's really no evidence I've seen throughout the years, being in New York City, he was. But... Trump will definitely he will say and do what the people put put him in power to do, and he loves the attention he loves that attention, so this is how they play us it's always about it's always about divide and conquer it's about misdirection it's not about the individual liberties it's not about teaching people to be responsible, and it's not about. Uh, Exposing the era (laughs) and the destructive nature of identity politics, seeing people as part of a group as opposed to individuals. It's not about that. You've been listening to the KARP radio show, keeping it real with Pudgy Miller, I thank Pudgy Miller once again for the opportunity to use his platform. Lord willing, I will be back next month. The last Friday night of October is the 27th. Thanks again for listening to the KIRP radio show. And I would also say if you want more in the NFL, uh, listen to the show that was previously done. Check out those archives on KIRP radio show, Blog Talk Radio, June ninth, 2014. Thanks again for listening, and I wish everyone would have a very good night. Hope everyone has a good weekend.
1: K
0: I R P Radio.